the startup capital of the UK, Silicon Valley by the sea. Brighton is home to some of the most creative minds developing disruptive and purpose-led businesses. You're listening to the Brighton Startup Podcast, the show that brings you exclusive interviews with the founders, CEOs, and investors of the most exciting Brighton businesses today. With your host, Christina Perichetti. Let's get started. Today, we'll be talking to Darren Fell, founder of Crunch, an online accountancy firm for freelancers, contractors, and micro-businesses, now reaching over 30,000 businesses across the UK. So Darren, please fill in the gaps of that intro and give us a glimpse of a day in the life of you. No problem. Um, yes, Darren Fell set up Crunch in 2009. Well, rather, I set up in 2007 and launched in 2009. So we have 11,000 lovely freelancers, contractors and small businesses using Crunch's entire software and service uh, elements. So that to explain that, we have a whole online system that makes it super easy to do your accounts, send invoices, snap the receipts, they automatically go in, tell you exactly your tax live but be able to pick up the phone and talk to an account manager and your accountant any time without the price going up and getting a massive bill at the end of the year and submit your accounts and submit your VAT if you're VAT registered. So it's a whole online accounting solution. So we have 11,000 lovely customers. Um, and in our community, which makes up that 30,000 number, we have a, a passion of mine was to create a community to help freelancers, contractors, the micro businesses, the small businesses up to about 10 employees with anything we could we could do to help them like guides of how to do this, how to go out networking, how to create a strong, strong personal brand, free invoicing tools, free uh, you know, invoice templates, anything, how to get a mortgage. So that community has gone from strength to strength. It was originally created as Freelance Advisor um, and now we turn it to Crunch Chorus. So it's all part of the Crunch brand. Um, and yeah, it's almost 20,000 members there. So that makes up almost 31,000 people we're reaching up and down the UK. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really exciting. It's, it's not as though I've done it over, overnight. It's taken me 12 years of very, very hard work to get there. So the day in the life of Darren Fell is um, being woken up probably very early by baby number two, which is Monty, um, clearing up a few nappies, um, helping Claire out at home with teas, coffees, uh, waters, feeding Hugo. You did want my day, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then doing my fast march from Hove into Brighton to Preston Park, having a shower in our, in our showers here. And then my day starts uh, about nine o'clock. I would have come in earlier had I not had a, an extended family. Um, loads of emails, stacks of meetings with the team because we have developers here. We've got a massive engineering team because we build the software ourselves. We don't use anybody else. Seeing head of accounting, making sure the head of client management is good with his, his massive team of client managers, going around the business and just making sure everything's operation, operating perfectly. And there's no roadblocks for them uh, in terms of uh, moving on, um, lowering churn rates, improving the help system, you name it. Uh, we're looking at it, adding more products in, um, stacks and stacks of endless stuff to, to help freelancers, contractors and small businesses out there in the UK. So how has your role in the business kind of changed as the business has grown? Did you see a certain moment in time where the business suddenly took a huge leap and your role had to suddenly change? Was that... 
I don't think my role has ever changed, really. I'm, I'm always the customer. I want it like the customer would want it. I don't want gobbledygook from the, from the accountants. I want it clear and simple. I want the software to be super easy to use. Uh, my definition is as simple as the early learning centre would, would sell it as. Simple accounting for the most amazing set of, of people up and down the country that are keeping our economy going, not that the government necessarily thinks that. So I think I don't think my role has changed at all uh, over the years of keep circling the business, seeing new partners, improving the product, coming up with new products, a lot of idea, idea generation, making sure the sales and marketing uh, are doing well. And we're now heading towards a 20% growth year on year, uh, which is fan absolutely fantastic. So it just keeps circling. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to describe, but it is clearing the roadblocks for the team and they work uh, in a very collegiate way. So all of my senior managers are in a circle and they intersect directly with the board. Um, so we don't have any mid-tier uh, levels now um, so they can operate faster in a very agile way. And it's just going around, dropping ideas in, helping them, finding more budget if they need, say more customer experience people, if they need more training, get more trainers in. Uh, it, it, it has never changed. Keep tuning the business up. Yeah. That's really interesting, so around how you've built the model for your directors to kind of work together and not create that mid-tier. Is that something you wanted to do from day one, or did that kind of come around because of some challenges you had in the business? Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting subject, and I think uh, something you'll always learn about, uh, uh, you know, structure in an organisation. Um, you know, you can put in structures uh, and the business, uh, you know, sort of um, will be separated from you and, and things are taken away or you can be closer to the business uh, and be very operational but still having that bird's eye uh, eye view uh, you know of the whole whole thing so uh, you know there's been a number of evolutions in, in the way the structure is operated and we've got almost 200 people uh, we're growing um, we'll probably be in the next year maybe 220 uh, we are building a whole contingent workforce so we can super, super scale this business and be truly flexible. And that starts with the bookkeepers. We've got 20 bookkeepers up and down the country and we're going to probably go that, grow that into the many hundreds. So, um, yeah, some lo a, lot of, a lot of learning on organisational structure to make the business really agile and, and everything. The overriding banner here is on growth. And growth doesn't have to just mean revenue. It means making the product just absolutely outstanding. So customers are referring it and recommending it to other customers. They're actually understanding that Crunch isn't just a piece of software like Xero or Free Agent with the whole kit and caboodle. We can help you. You can pick up the phone. You can be on the phone for hours or days to solve your accounting woes and we will submit the year end and the money hasn't changed from the, you know, the 70, £72 a month that they, they started with. So, um, yeah, organisational structure is, is a massive uh, conversation but over the years, I've learned to support some amazing senior managers, develop them into heads uh, and intersect it with the, with the board. So they come in to present directly to the board as opposed to going through numerous layers. Uh, the more layers you add, the more you slow a business down. Um, so it's a, it's a very, very different structure here. And that's not to say that we haven't had lots of structures before, but there's so much learning to, to make sure growth is, is underpinning everything here at Crunch. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So take us back to the moment when you first thought of Crunch or when it all began. Tell us that story. 
So <clears throat> the first uh, inception of Crunch was uh, me at Pew360, and that was my first startup here in Brighton, which is still going strong. Um, and being pitched by our agency to uh, uh, um, have a look at this side project this chap had, which was uh, an accounting uh, system for freelancers. Uh, and of course, accounting didn't sound particularly exciting to me, but I decided to go to the meeting to meet the accountant that uh, had first thought about this idea. Um, and as I sat with them, I realised the idea that they were bouncing around and they had been doing so for a year wasn't the wasn't the total idea the real idea was an, an online system that that showed you your tax live did your accounts uh, did your vat but had a team around you so it was software and service and this is this is 10 odd years ago um so you could not compete necessarily with the accountants but you could provide uh, the ultimate solution i hate things i mean today you know you 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 look on the internet, you go, I need to solve this. And up pops all this software. Yeah, and claiming it will solve everything, but it often doesn't. And you find people go out there and they sign up with the zeros and the free agents uh, and they go, right, this has solved everything. Oh, damn it, I need an accountant. So you then have to go shopping around for an accountant. So, you know, I'm very much in the, the camp of trying to create a package that really solves a problem for the end customer. And you can't get anything more complicated than accounting and tax. And we've picked an area which I'm so passionate about, as I've mentioned, is on the freelancing, contracting, the whole micro, micro business uh, base, which isn't a commonly used word, but small businesses, one to ten is the government word, it's a micro business. So I absolutely love that space. Um, so, anyway, right, I'm going off in, into long tangents here. I sat in Bills in Brighton with Steve and Drew, and I came up with the, the real idea for Crunch from, from that idea for a tiny bit of SaaS software. Um, and I agreed then with my board at Pure360 that we'd find a buyer, I'd do all the due diligence for the sale, uh, and I'd go and work on this other project, and we'd sell it when we found a buyer. Um, so that's exactly what I did. I went working on Crunch in the evening time. I did Pure 360 in the day and run that. I won the whole of the Pearson Group, which is the Financial Times. I found a buyer. We did the due diligence. This was a very mad era uh, in my life of doing two businesses at the same time. The weekend was Crunch. Um, and I think we sold uh, um uh, Pure 360 in April 2008. I signed on the dotted line. I picked up my only possession, which was my Herman Miller chair, my only tangible possession. I carried it across the road and I had Crunch uh, in its early operation sitting in Steve's accountancy practice, his very traditional practice. And I had a little corner uh, and we had a software architect building a, the whole double entry accounting system. Um, and I had a few, the semblance of a, a few members of staff doing a few hours here, a few hours there. Wow. So, so did you know that Crunch would become what it is today at that point, do you think? Um, well, I put everything into it. Uh, uh, and I mean ev everything. So... Um, it had to, uh, and by that I mean that when I sold Pure, I sold uh, for a massive discount uh, of, of, of the order of £700,000 worth of discount to get cash so I could put it into the new business 
which was crunch, and hopefully have some left over for my, for my house, which was the ultimate purpose for the, the monies I, I, I made from Pew360. Um, so I had to go for it. Um, you know, I experienced things that you, know, you, you, you hope not to experience, but the partners I went in with, we all promised each other that we'd put the same amounts of investment in, uh, and they happened to be you know, a tiny amounts of money, really, but 35Ks a piece. So three 35Ks in for the first round. Um, I had sold Pure 360, and I never forget um, sitting down for a meeting with them when they realised how complicated Crunch was to create a double entry accounting system, a live tax system and a live you know, full year end reporting system, they went, we can't put any money in now. We, we think it's too risky. So I'd sold Pure 360 and I was um, in as deep as it, get, as it got. And I had to go for it. I had to, to make Crunch work. Um, so obviously a lot of people are looking at me. Uh, I'm on my own. I, I don't think. I, oh yeah, and I did have a girlfriend, but I think she left me when I was going to the second startup. The stress, the strain, the sleepless nights of uh, of putting it together, and we just gunned it um, and launched in April 2009 with a, a fully working architecture of the system. But all it actually did was invoicing and expensing. Okay. So um, I'd previously launched Freelance Advisor uh, back in February 2008 whilst we were building Crunch, to build the community up, to help them with all of their questions on, which I think I've mentioned before, like how to network, how to sell, how to build up your freelance uh, business. And that enabled me, when I, I picked up the phone on the 8th of April 2009, to start selling into a, ready, a ready-made audience of people that had been interested or, or said they were interested in, a, in an online accounting system like Crunch. Yeah. And here you are today. And here we are yeah. today. Uh, uh, nearly 200 uh, um, staff, 20 bookkeepers so far up and down the country working for us, 11,000 customers, almost 20,000 on the community. Uh, and did I expect to get here? I don't know. I don't know. I've just, I just keep working on crunch and it, and it keeps growing. So Yeah, just got yeah. to focus on today sometimes, right? Exactly, exactly. And as I walked into uh, to meet Darren today for an interview, he gave me a a tour of the office, which was really interesting. And we kept walking through doors, and there was more of it. (laughs) (laughs) And it must be, you know, sometimes quite surreal. You kind of walk in one day and you realise how big it's grown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's only on these these sort of occasions when you show people around, because I'm so consumed with, and I I suppose I use that word carefully, with uh, thinking about crunch and improving each of the sections. uh, And everybody drops into my, all the senior managers drop into my office to like test ideas. How do we, how do we solve that? The you know, you're, 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 I'm loving the creativity of solving all these problems and doing it. And when, when I have a visitor and you show them around, you go, cool, this isn't too bad, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not too bad at all. And um, I, there's, a, there's a, a system we're looking to, to run all of the contingent workforce, which I, I think is a really exciting way of us scaling outside these four walls. Otherwise, we'll need flo- endless floors here. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy I've known for years uh, and he sent me a mail afterwards and he goes I'm so impressed with your setup and you, I honestly don't realise uh, until someone says or until I've actually stopped still for a second and I look, look around the team it's often when we're doing the quarterly updates and there's 200 people uh, in front of you and it's you know it's, it's, it's a, lo- a lovely lovely feeling it gives me a lot of energy um, when they're there we, we've had our 10th anniversary um, 
uh, about, was it about four months ago? Uh, and as a, as a thank you to the team, we hired a church just up the road, which is set up as a community church for events. And they've adapted the, the altar position for presentations. So uh, I found myself in my element on this altar spot with the sunlight coming through the church windows down onto me with the mic surrounded with my team all smiling up at me and then me thanking them for all the all of their hard work so we gave them half a day off uh lots of drink uh lots of endless food barn dancing you name it all at this church it was a beautiful day uh, down here in brighton in preston park um uh, and yeah that that sort of moments is and you see how big the team is you know, and it's, it's made up of all these different types of people, accountants of incredibly different to the developers, incredibly different to the sales and marketing team and the client managers who, are, you know, customer service uh, facing. And it, and it just feels, and, th- and th- those are the moments I show, showed you around. And you go, yeah, this is, this is good. And, and, and it's only those points you realise what you've, what you've achieved. Yeah, it's amazing. So, Darren, what has been the worst moment for you in business to date? Take us to that moment. Well, I think I might have already answered that one. Um, that was the moment in the meeting with my my two board members, my uh, uh, other shareholders in the business, the founders uh, uh, of the business, um, and listening to them say, this is too complicated and we don't want to put any more money in. Now, if, if you can appreciate this, and anybody listening to this podcast will appreciate, at that seed point... And you imagine this back in 2008, it would have been um, the complexity of what I was putting together. Software and service didn't exist, and it's only just come into play now. So I couldn't find uh, any investors, not that I actually would have tried. It was too complex an offering um, to do it. So we had to fund it ourselves to seed stage, get the customers coming in, and then I could have got investment on board, and that was always the plan. So... That was the hardest thing I've ever done because I'm not too shy uh, and I will say what I think to anybody. But when two people uh, who, you know, you've gone in and you've shaken hands on it, it wasn't legally locked in. Um, I trusted uh, trusted them, said, look, it's a very complicated project. Uh, we don't want to put any more money in. Uh, and knowing I had cash in the bank from the sale of Pew 360, that, that was the only time I was very quiet. Um, a lot of expletives were going on in my head. Um, I decided it was a good thing to be quiet um, and uh, I, I had to turn it to, to an advantage. Um, so I think I, I was uh, elected to have 40% of the business uh, at, at that point but when they decided not to invest and I was going to have to carry it on. Um, I, I said, I, of course, I need 51% of this business. I need to be in control, which they accepted. Um, and that has been amazing uh, ever since because I've always had a, a majority shareholding um, and amazingly other than the the other uh, sort of private shareholders they got in uh, just after launch um, we have no venture capitalists uh, in this business we have no private equity business uh, uh, investors in here it is funded comp- completely by our own cash uh, and I still own over 30% of the business, which is incredibly unusual for the size of the business and, and what we're turning over and our growth rate of, of 20 and, and over 20%. So from what turned out to be the most horrible experience ever, and it carried on for years after that, to be honest with you, because um, I was funding it and it was meant to be some of the money I made from Pure360 was meant to be for the house. Uh, and 
every month it was circa 30 to 35k to support the developers programming up and support the business um, before I could get uh, you know investors on board um, so you know, uh, uh, we've we've got baby two here now. The the sleep is is uh, far and few between, but the the sleeplessness I had experienced then in that startup, selling every day on the phone, building it up. You know, would this product ever really really work? You know, would we ever break even? We we knew that the customers were loving the product and that speaking to the accountants without the price clocking up every minute or every every hour. We knew they were liking the software but that it was such a scary period and I just, I didn't sleep that much at all for, for quite a few years. Mm. Um, uh, and then luckily we got, got investors on board who, who uh, I, can, I can tell you all about and things slowly e- eased off. But that, you've asked me about that, the worst day I ever had and that was it and it, it sort of carried on for a, for a couple of years because of that. But when you look at it today, with my shareholding um, and what I managed to achieve, it's actually been it's actually been a good thing. But yeah. I went through a lot of pain. Uh, you know, you may, it's it's far better if you go in with other people and and you you support each other and you you take that risk on board. Next time, if I ever do that, I probably get something written down and contractually, if we're doing this project and it's a bit of a risky project, let's all agree and get it down on paper that we all agree to put in that money. So uh, there you go. It's a very common error when people initially start a business, don't they? Yeah. Well, was there any uh, was there any part of you at any point during that time that you felt like you might just decide to give up on it? No, I couldn't. I uh, um, I just can't give up on things. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a persistent, uh, annoyingly persistent and stubborn attitude when it comes to things, and uh, you know. There, you know, I'd say over the last couple of years, there was a point where I, I felt quite low, or rather, I'd done my job. I was the entrepreneur, and questioned whether I was the CEO, um, uh, which I think think is it happens to a lot of us uh, out there when you're building a business because you're very much on your own. You've got a fantastic team, but you're very much on your own. So, um, no, I, I I I couldn't give it up. You know, instead, I. You know, I'd be out, uh, up at four o'clock in the morning in, in, in those, those points, uh, scribbling on bits of paper, you know, like massive uh, you know, uh, pieces of white paper and, and, and scribbling ideas to solve it, to get it out of my head. Uh, and I just kept on, on going. The only thing I did do is I managed to, at a certain point, convince the, uh, the team I'd built around me that I needed a sabbatical for three months. So I went to Australia um, uh, to have a break whilst they carried on building the business. We got it to a really nice uh, break even point but then I missed crunch in my life okay. so yeah so in, in, in answer to your question uh, persistent to the end never ever give up ever it's really interesting um, you know kind of speaking to different people who've kind of been through those moments where you know every entrepreneur will go through that at some point where it's very difficult you don't know what's going to happen and actually it's that's kind of the defining moment as to who decides to stick with it or yeah. decides to throw in the towel. Yeah, exactly. I think what well, the expressions, uh, you'll never fail if you never give up, and, and you have to keep telling yourself those things. So um, there've been so much, so many other learnings. I mean, from that the, the, those dark days, and and you know, you, you, I, I may even write a book, or I write a book with with someone else who's interested uh, on you know mindfulness and, and like finding something to to take you out of the business, to take your head out of the business. So, you know, through my, my most stress, I did hypnotherapy, 
uh, I, I looked at uh, and did yoga. Dynamic yoga was next to Crunch in the old perfume factory in Hove. Um, and that saved me. That honestly saved me because it forced me out of the office at six o'clock or seven o'clock, depending on when the evening uh, yoga um, kicked off. And it was in 37 degrees heat. So it's like Bikram. Um, and that was that was brilliant. That that got me out of the thing, did something good for my body and cleared my mind a fraction. So you have to really, really work hard. And I think I've carried on with that 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 same level of thinking. Um, done so much to look after to me because so many CEOs you see fall apart or, or you know start drinking a lot or you know unfortunately start getting to drugs or anything to any vice to try and take them out so I've, I've got a I've still got an amazing personal coach um, there's a there's a bit of hippiness in there and connecting with your your, your spirit and your and, uh, and and your soul um, which has been brilliant. I've uh, <laughs> I've done. I do transcendental meditation. Um, Claire, my my partner's best friend, Stacy. We've already got an interesting relationship. She's a bit feisty, um, and she she stayed with us uh, uh, one weekend, and uh, she she told me to read a book, and it was on transcendental meditation. I said. Uh, it's it's what Oprah Winfrey and a lot of the stars do, uh, and in fact, you know, millions of people up and down there uh, in the world do it. And all it is is, is unlike mindfulness, it is where you get given by your teacher some innocuous Indian word, and you keep saying that with your eyes closed for twenty minutes, sitting in an upright position, or you can lay down if you want, and eventually, all the thoughts go away. And that, uh, I, I've been doing that for the last year and a half, has been one of the most amazing things um, I've ever done. Because as you can probably appreciate with me now, you've only met me, it's probably the second time, I can walk down a street and, and by the end of that street I've had seven ideas on something or multiple things. My head is uh, always, always going. So just imagine me finding something that turns that off. And that is that is that is gold. Um, so we're introdu introducing uh, uh, transcendental meditation here. So we've got loads of wellness uh, uh, things at Crunch, uh, and some of the people are taking up TM as well. So I openly do it in the office, in my room, uh, in my office. I don't pull down any blinds, and I wind the, the chair back. And a couple of twenty minutes a day, I, I switch off, and I am so much more powerful. So, yeah, from all of those earlier, darker days, I've employed personal coaching, TM, exercise, all these things to see me to this point without having to get into drinking lots or, you know, taking drugs or having to take, like, you know, things to calm me down, just natural things and, and using using anything I can to, to keep you going in, in what is a pretty hectic life. I think you should definitely write this book. I think that would be very interesting. You've obviously been through a lot and, and learned a lot from it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, you know, coming back to the, uh, the investment side, you might argue that with, with millions of pounds in the bank from, say, an institution investor or a venture capitalist, you could have done things in an easier way. I've done this with no investment uh, and we've, we've got a, uh, you know, a strong business, uh, way over the 10 million point, heading towards 13 this year. Uh, on in an incredibly strong EBITDA with 20% growth and we've done this and a lot of people come here and they go like so you've done this without any funding 
No, no funding other than uh, an amazingly supportive bank. Barclays have been stunning. Um, and the original shareholders, which is Michael Vanchfei, who set up eBay Europe and was on the board of eBay. He's amazing. He's our chairman. Um, and Paul Birch, who set up Bebo with his brother. They were some of the early uh, private shareholders. But in terms of going to VCs and all that, we never did. If I'd had lots of uh, millions, I'm not quite sure whether we'd be here today. I don't know. But um, anyway, without money, it's much harder. Um, uh, but we're in, we're in the controlling seat. Great. Uh, so even though uh, Crunch has national reach, your business is based in Brighton. So tell us about what made you decide to stay here and what is it like running your business from the city? Um, Brighton is where I went to college. Uh, so I always wanted to set up a business here. So I was in London. I um, quit my job in an internet provider in the city and started in my tiny flat in Battersea uh, and got the the project off the ground and decided it needed to be running uh, in Brighton, my old college town. So um, I came back in 2002. I uh, got a tiny bungalow around the back of uh, Baswick College, which is in uh, uh, near Seven Dials. Um, and even though it was, it's been hard for all these businesses through two overlapping businesses, there couldn't be a better city, in my view, to, to run any business like this. We initially struggled with developers and now more and more developers are naturally moving down. They want a better balance of life. They don't want to be in the smoke, literally, the pollution that is being recognised in, in, in town. Um, for us, with a lot of customer service facing people, this is the land of Amex or home of Amex. Uh, it was the home of Boop. I think they've got some customer service teams here. So in terms of finding customer service people, it is natural for them to be in Brighton. So we've got uh, almost 50 uh, client managers. Um, so we can easily find them in this, this town. I love the vibe. Um, I love the balance of life. Our teams, I, de I demand they don't work till you know the nines or tens o'clock at night, like some of the people uh, uh, do, and many businesses in London uh, uh, ask for that. So our team can jump on their bikes, on their scooters, electric scooters now, whatever, and be on the beach by by six o'clock. It's uh, or be with their family, or, le or leave early uh, in flexible working, uh, and it's. I want them to have a lovely life and you couldn't ask for anything better. We now look onto Preston Park where Pride happens uh, or Pride ends up after the parade and Kylie Minogue's here again, I think. Um, and the marathon starts. Uh, so many of our meetings are walking meetings and we go over to the rotunda over there and have coffees and patisseries. For, so partners love coming down to see us. Um, yeah, it's just, just Brighton is just such a lovely entrepreneurial town. Uh, Wild Sussex is, is fantastic. Um, there's this lovely uh, entrepreneurial vibe of people doing stuff, and yet the whole nation thinks that Brighton wouldn't be the right place at all for a startup. But personally, I couldn't think of anything better, uh, and that's quite a, a coup for us in terms of getting staff and now not finding an issue at all with developers like loving our, loving the culture here at Crunch. So, yeah, I could probably go on and on and on about the lanes and uh, being by the sea and the fact that we've got the South Downs and the countryside within five minutes uh, 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 from us. So in terms of having a family here, it's brilliant. The schools are great. Da, da, da. But I'll stop there. I, I think it's, this couldn't be a better place for a business and a startup. Great. Thanks, Darren. Um, so you've already told us a little bit about what drives your success. But if you were to pick one thing, what would you say is that one principle, whether it's personal or business, that drives your success? 
Um, absolute sheer persistence, never ever giving up despite uh, the the darkest of, of days. That that has to be it, and and that is the difference between um, you know us entrepreneurs and the people that that unfortunately give up at a certain point. Often, uh, if they carried on two more weeks more, they could have been successful and. That's, that's, that's got to be the overriding um, attribute that makes all the difference. So I am happy to go through a lot of pain and see and play the long game. Uh, other people want the, the money now and the, the nice house and the nice car. I absolutely love creating uh, you know, stuff, um, products, businesses like teams. Um, but yeah, that one attribute has to be uh, persistence, never giving up. You don't need to be, you know, highly skilled or highly educated. You have to have a dream, and you have to surround yourself with brilliant people uh, and never give up, and you you will get there. And what are you most excited about right now? Oh dear, that's a big question. Um, so so excited about so many things in Crunch. Uh, we are just about to launch our brand new version. We've been working on this pretty much for three years. So it is a uh, brand new interface internally. It's called Thunder and we're coming up with a new name. And if you think what I've tried to do in helping the freelance and contract uh, and micro business uh, space is handle all of their problems because I always act like the customer. So we've got the mortgage team that knows exactly how to get a mortgage for the self-employed. We've got insurances, which is crunches insurance via our partner. Um, in, in, you know, in the heart of the business, we've got investments and pensions. And of course, we've got accounting and bookkeeping and software. So it made utter sense to me to actually have, and of course, yeah, the massive community, one single system, one beautiful interface <laughs> there's me setting it up um, you went in and got everything that you needed uh, and if you need anything more you just press the button or bought something and, and more functionality became available so um, we've been working so hard on this new interface our old one is looking a tad antiquated but behind the scenes it does so much more than all the other systems it does your tax live it does CT600s it does you know every element and full year ends. No other system out there really, really does that. Well, maybe I think free agent might touch it a bit, but to have one system dedicated for that space is going live uh, next week. Um, after all of this effort, uh, it's being beta tested across our customer base and goes live in September. So that will be so exciting. It looks amazing. Um, and yeah, it's been a lot of, yeah, lot of, lot of effort to get there. And I think the the whole of the accounting world, the accounting software world, will will actually take a look and, and, and take note of, of, of what we've been working hard on. So software and service um, is now going to be uh, pushed out there properly. You'll be able to buy bookkeeping separately on, on the software and accounting and bookkeeping and all the elements. Anything you need for your life to make your life easy, we have it in one single beautiful interface. So, Darren, if people want to learn more about Crunch or utilise your services, where do they go? What do they look for? So they go on to crunch.co.uk um, and they can sign up for Crunch Chorus. And, and there is pretty much 10 years worth of knowledge, experience, guides, free invoicing, access to mortgage brokers at a discounted rate, the insurance is a discounted rate endless resources um, and we're piling as much value in there. We've got a rewards uh, a, a card as well going in there. Um, 
and other very exciting software going in there. We're collaborating with, with uh, other local developers, and in fact, developers up and down the country to plug in as much value in there. So that's all you need to do. Just go to crunch.co.uk. It's free, uh, super simple to sign up, and you can access all of this great stuff. And we've got a Facebook group. Um, and yeah, it's growing at, at 1,700 members a month. And if that starts getting into thousands and thousands that we're helping and we're having more and more uh, like real life events, I'll be so, so proud to, to see that, that grow into hundreds of thousands of, of members that we're actually helping them. Yes, they can go and buy Crunch's services if, if they need it. That'd be a lovely thing. The board would be very happy, but I am super passionate about helping those freelancers, contractors and micro businesses in the UK. So, Darren, thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's been really insightful and interesting to hear your story. That's absolutely no problem at all. It's been great talking to you and then you know, you're reliving some of the memories that you, you've never brought up for, for a long time and how I've got here. So, no, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's reminded me of, about all that I've done in, in 12 years uh, and I'm still here. Thank Brilliant. you. Thanks, Darren. You've been listening to the Brighton Startup Podcast. Be sure to check us out at brightonstartup.com and join us next week for another episode as we continue to discover Brighton's most exciting startups and the people behind them.